This is Recovery Collective with Tom Liu. Tom and his collective of guest contributors, callers, authors, speakers, and artists talk shift to educate and empower about recovery in its many forms to overcome and rise above the AVDCs, the addictions, vices, devices, distractions, or compulsions that may ail you or someone you know. Visit us online at recoverycollective.net and on Instagram at recovery underscore collective. This is Connie Lara, founder of Sobriety Tea Party. You're listening to Recovery Collective with the amazingly awesome and super groovy Tom Liu. Before I got sober, I was, I mean, I was a party girl through and through. I was a bartender for 10 years. I honestly didn't know that there was another way to live. If you're struggling, you know on some level that something needs to change. So I want to welcome you to the show, Recovery Collective. Appreciate you being here, where we bring together and connect a collective of creatives, experts, advocates, movers and shifters, I call them, and you, our listeners, who dare to get up, stand up, and get down to the business at hand, which is to lend a helping hand to those still struggling with self-defeating behaviors by letting your voice be heard as we together talk shift about recovery in its many forms, and most importantly, share insights and solutions to overcome and rise above what I call the AVDCs, and those are the addictions, vices, devices, distractions, or compulsions that may ail you or someone you know. And within the context of this show, to shift here, it means to change, to grow, to evolve, to challenge. It's what I talk about in my work as a professional speaker and coach and as a photographer, and I challenge people and I encourage people, and that's myself included, I'm not exempt from this, of course, to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be for you and yours, for me and mine, to rock this life with the finite amount of time we all have riding this rock called Earth. And that's what I'm about, and that's what this show is about. And so I appreciate you tuning in. I start off each show with what I call an Insta intro. And in speaking of URLs and internet, um, the Recovery Collective show, we're big out on uh, Instagram. Spent a lot of time on there. There's a Recovery Collective page. And if you're an Instagrammer, and even if you're not, you should check it out. It's at recovery underscore collective at recovery underscore collective on Instagram. It's growing by leaps and bounds. And lots of people are checking it out and following the page and stuff like that. And I post a lot of stuff there. And And it's just getting good feedback and getting questions and comments and things like that. So if you're an Instagrammer, recovery underscore collective, that'd be awesome. Check that out. And so the intro today is this. Here's the thought of the day. In recovery, I get to see and do and experience so much more than when I chose in my past to remain closed off, dishonest, and imprisoned, if you will, within a world of addiction that I lied to myself about at the time was really freedom. You see, for me, I was afraid to give up this, quote, freedom for fear of a life of boredom and missing out. Truth is, back then, I missed and misunderstood so much of everything then. Sobriety opens up a whole new world that I never really knew existed. But, you know, you don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to take my guest's word for it on this show every week. My challenge to you is this. Find out for yourself. If you're questioning it, if you're wondering about it, you can certainly get inspiration from other people and get ideas and empowerment from others. But find out for yourself. Do an experiment. Try it. See what life is like. See what happens when you choose a different path, when you choose a different route. I can promise you, for me at least, the world that opened up to me was so much different, so much better. Do that today. Do that every day. And while you're at it, 
you ever have a question, if you're ever concerned or confused or just want someone to talk to, shoot me an email, tom at recoverycollective.net or connect with me out on Instagram at recovery underscore collective. That's kind of what this is all about. We're here to connect. We're here to talk about this subject of recovery. Take the uh, the horse blinders off of it, if you will, and make it attractive because you know what it is. It's not doom. It's not gloom. It's up. It's powerful. It's hip. It's cool. And speaking of hip and cool and powerful, I've got a guest. Her name is Tawny Lara. She's going to be on here in just a few minutes. She is a rock and roll star in the literal and the figurative sense in the world of recovery. And she's got a tremendous amount of value and insights to offer to us here. So this is Recovery Collective. I'm Tom Liu. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Recovery Collective with Tom Liu. Get involved in the conversation with questions or comments by calling us toll-free at 866-826-1340 and on Instagram at recovery underscore collective. This portion of the show is brought to you by 16 Imaging Photography. Visit us at 16imaging.com. That's 16imaging.com for fine art prints, to book shoots, and to schedule one-on-one photography coaching for you or someone you know. 16 Imaging. Seeing things literally through lenses, figuratively, despite filters. Sober Evolution is the recovery space created by the internationally recognized life-building coach, Austin F. Cooper, and a proud sponsor of Recovery Collective. You can find Sober Evolution on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at Sober-Evolution.com. This world-renowned organization is filled with experience, strength, and hope for those who are looking to build their lives in recovery and smash the stigmas surrounding addiction. Sober Evolution also organizes and hosts exciting, one-of-a-kind events supporting the world of recovery throughout the nation. Don't hesitate to reach out and find out more about Sober Evolution at Sober-Evolution.com. We're back to Recovery Collective with Tom Liu. Get involved in the conversation with questions or comments by calling us toll-free at 866-826-1340. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TomLeu2. That's T-O-M-L-E-U and the number two. Here's Tom. All right, and welcome back to Recovery Collective. How are you doing? Tom Lou here. Recovery Collective, this is episode number four, rocking and rolling right now. In the previous segment, I was talking about my little Insta intro, and I was talking about how recovery really opens up, and sobriety opens up a whole new world of things that I wasn't even aware of when I was in active addiction and alcoholism myself. And speaking of recovery opening up new worlds to people. I'm going to play a short clip here before I introduce my guest. It's narrated by my guest. Her name is Tawny Lara, and this is from an award-winning documentary that she's a part of that we're going to talk to Tawny about in a few minutes. It's called Fixed Up, which follows Tawny and B. Ray Perryman, creators of this documentary, as they discuss their past issues with substance abuse and mental illness. Check it out. I've struggled with depression and anxiety since I experienced trauma at age 14. I tried to deal with it the right way by going to therapy and taking antidepressants on and off for two years. It wasn't instant enough for me. I needed something more. 
I can still remember the first time I got high. Nothing hurt. Everything was funny. That was the beginning of a 13-year journey trying to escape reality with drugs and alcohol. From the Fixed Up documentary, Tawny Lara. Tawny's the founder of Sobriety Party, which is a website and a blog documenting her life without booze since she quit drinking back in November of 2015, shortly after relocating from Texas to New York City. The booze-free lifestyle paired with yoga and therapy has helped her learn who she is and identify the things she was running from. Sobriety is tough. It's not always pretty, but it's always real, she says, kind of like New York City. Tawny also writes about yoga, music, sex, and politics. Tawny also hosts sober socializing events called Readings on Recovery, which we're going to talk about with her. And she does just a ton, actually, of cool and important stuff, which is why she is joining me right here, right now, on the Recovery Collective Show. Tawny Lara, are you there, my dear? What's up, dude? Hey, how are you? What's happening? I'm good. How are you? Man, I am great. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for joining us on Recovery Collective down here in the Clearwater, Tampa area. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for being here. It's a powerful clip I played there from your uh, great documentary there, Fixed Up. I I grabbed that clip out of there and, uh, you know, it's only about a minute long. But, man, you say a lot there about your journey. Yeah, thank you. Um, It's so interesting hearing that now. How long ago was that when you recorded that at this point? B-Ray and I recorded that over the holidays seven, eight months ago. When you say it's interesting to hear it now, what do you mean by that? Is it different? Does it strike you differently than at the time you, you did it? Or it's I, Maybe that's just how it is when it comes to creating things where, from personal experience, I make something and then I'll look back on it and I'll think, wow, I would have done, I would have done this differently or I would have said that differently. And that's just the, yeah. the self-critique artist traits that I think a lot of us have. Oh, yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I, I can relate. I totally can relate. I think anyone who's a content creator of any type, you know, video, audio, writing, whatever it is, we're constantly, at least I am, I'm perpetually in that uh, you know critiquing mode, the perfectionism mode. I want it to be just right. I wish I could have redone this, could have redone that. Kind of like life sometimes. I think back and I think, oh, I wish I could have redone that part of my life or that. But I used to think that about sobriety and recovery, especially in my early days. But I don't anymore, at least in that sense, because like you and I I've read a lot of the stuff that you've written, and we're going to talk about a little bit of that. You know, the way I kind of do this show, Tawny, is just to sort of share in the beginning here of our time together, you know, just a little bit about your backstory, about, you know, your struggles with alcohol or drugs and or whatever else it might have been. What was it like for you back then, getting you to the point you are now? And then I'm going to talk about all the things that you're doing, because you're like a renaissance woman. That's what I call you. (laughs) Um, You you do all this cool stuff, and I think that's amazing, and I love that. But uh, what was it like back for you? I mean, you touched on it a little bit in that in that clip from the the fixed up documentary but uh give us the overview you know back then how dark was it for you and you know what pushed you to make changes ultimately before i got sober i was i mean i was a party girl through and through i was a i was a bartender for 10 years and i just i lived that lifestyle i i honestly didn't know that there was another way to live i was surrounded by other bartenders, other people that were in the party scene. So I didn't think I was doing anything wrong because everyone around me was doing the same thing. I never thought to question my drinking, my relationship to alcohol or drugs. I was just like, well, this is just what you do. (laughs) You're a bartender. You party. This is how it is. And um, yeah, like I said, I was doing that for bartending for 10 years, but I was, man, it just... I 
had no idea that I was living, <laughs> that I was really just like a living like a disaster. You know, like I, I'm very grateful that I never hurt myself or anyone else. I mean, I drove drunk all the time. I was, you know, hooking up with people I'd never hook up with if I was sober. You know, starting fights with boyfriends that I would have never started if I was sober. Just, you know, just living this disastrous lifestyle that I think about now. I'm just like, how how is it the same person? It's it's amazing, isn't it? When you look back, and it doesn't take that long to start to look at that as you as you go back there and stuff. You're the founder of the Sobriety Party, which is sobriety s o b r i e t e a party dot com. And you wrote this piece. I want to read a little portion of this from it because it's so well worded. You wrote um, the title of it's How I Finally Knew I Had a Drinking Problem by Tony Lara on the sobrietyparty.com website. You said this quote: My final moment of clarity came when I stopped comparing my relationship with alcohol to other people's relationship to alcohol. I knew that I was spending countless hours Googling and reading article after article for a reason. One day, I finally began to care about the damage I was doing to my body, mind, and future by drinking to excess. No quiz could have told me that. I had to get there on my own. And that's interesting. The key thing there, Tawny, that I, the thing that jumped out at me about that was when you said you stopped comparing your relationship to alcohol to other people's relationship. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm often asked, being in this line of work, you know, how did you know you had a drinking problem and anything in that, you know, degree? And it's honestly, it's whenever I, I stopped comparing my relationship to alcohol to other people's and that means once I transitioned out of the bartender lifestyle and I quit hanging out with other bartenders and I was hanging out with people that that knew how to have you know one or two drinks and that was it and then I was the weird girl who was up at the bar <laughs> ordering shots and people are like wait what do you, why what are you doing yeah and you and like, me oh. both I, I would have been there with you because that was normal for me you know yeah exactly I mean I didn't know any different but changing my surroundings made me start to question my own relationship to alcohol so I was like okay well I clearly drink more than these people do my new circle of friends I clearly drink more than they do but I don't drink as much as, you know, X, Y, Z or how society or the media portrays what an alcoholic or an addict looks like. So I'm fine. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm good. I don't drink like right. that person. So I'm good. You wrote that you, you know, you didn't lose jobs necessarily or you didn't. Your story is you didn't become a homeless or anything like that. Some of the, quote, stereotypical rock bottom things. That is the reality for many people. That wasn't your story, right? Absolutely. And I... I guess I'm, I'm proud to say that I didn't really have a rock bottom because I want people to know that you don't have to have a, quote, rock bottom to realize you have a drinking problem. You can start to notice your behavior as being mindful of when you're grabbing alcohol, what's going on in your life that makes you want to have shots of whiskey, just being more mindful, you know, and um, no one ever told me that before. I had no, in my mind, you either party, you get wasted or you just don't drink. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. that there was anything yeah. in the middle. And I also didn't know that it was possible to get sober and still have fun and still party and not be ashamed of it. Society and the media and just people have the stigma attached to it. But so then I attached to that stigma. So I just, yeah. I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to go into that. So I'm just going to keep drinking. I was Googling, like I was saying in the article that, that piece that you read, I was taking quizzes, you know, do I have a drinking problem? 
signs of addiction. Like, and I'm just now I'm at this place of where I'm, I laugh at it because it's like if you're googling stuff like that, you you probably have some sort of not a problem, but there's there's something more there. Definitely. And, you know, I have people to this day with me, some of friends and acquaintances and others, and, and they know my story. They know I've been in, in long-term sobriety from alcohol primarily and other things. But uh, they'll say to me, you know, Tom, I, I can control it now. I, I control my, my drinking now or, or my using or whatever. And I say, oh, you know, great. And then my next question to them is, why do you have to control it? Why are you attempting to control something? It's my position that if we're trying to, quote, control anything, my argument would be that we're already out of control. And, you know, I get weird looks and I get raised eyebrows and things like that. But I'm with you on that. What you're describing here, Tawny, is is kind of similar to my journey, which is why when you and I first connected out online and Instagram and whatever, I knew we were sort of kindred spirits in many ways because of our journeys, what I've read about you and stuff. I want to read a little bit more from this article here because I thought it's so well worded. And you touched on this a minute ago. You said, quote, society portrays an addict as someone who uses every day only to lose everything and have a coming of age story. Yes, you say that's the narrative. That narrative can absolutely apply to a lot of people, but it doesn't apply to all of us. You said, I never had a rock bottom. Alcohol never got in the way of work. I never got close to losing my apartment or becoming homeless. Alcohol did get in the way of me getting to know my true self. And you go on to say, sobriety is a lifestyle that I've chosen and it isn't for everyone. And while I believe that everyone can benefit from bouts of sobriety here and there, we don't need a world full of people who don't drink. That would be boring AF, (laughs) end quote. And so can you expand on that a little bit? So you're not, let me be clear, because there are some people out in the recovery community, and I think probably some that maybe you and I both know or are familiar with that do great work out there. And I'm this show, by the way, so you know, Tawny, is I'm an open source recovery show, meaning I don't believe there's one path to it. I believe there's multiple ways that someone can achieve sobriety and recovery and long-term and be healthy and happy and grow their life. And if it works this way for someone, but a different way for someone else, then so be it. But you're not a, a person who thinks that people shouldn't drink at all, no one ever. Is that right? Correct. I mean, it's everyone's relationship to alcohol is different. So mm-hmm. everyone's relationship to recovery is going to be different. I personally didn't go the 12-step traditional support group route. That never spoke to me. I know people that quit drinking for a couple years and they're in a place where they can have a beer or two every once in a while. Like, cool. Like, do your thing, man. I don't, I really don't care. Um, If anything, I just, I think the world could benefit from more mindful drinking. I mean. What does that mean in your view? What's mindful drinking? That's not the way I, I couldn't do that. It sounds like you couldn't Well, and I don't think that, I don't think that I could either. And for me, abstinence works. And I'm happy and productive with abstinence. But, you know, I live in New York City where it's very progressive. And there's people that are doing things their own ways. And they're doing very well. I have a friend who doesn't drink alcohol at all. And she'll let herself have one glass of champagne a year. And that's, that's her thing. And other than that, she's thriving in her career. She also hosts sober events. It's whatever it looks like for you. Yeah. I agree with you on that 100%. And I also am one that I think there are people that can, quote, drink normally, you know, whatever that means, you know. I don't know if it's one or two or counting them or whatever. I don't really know. For me, my story is I went through the the 12 steps. I was in AA for 10 years and I haven't been for five. And uh, I'm good both ways. And I'm grateful to that 
fellowship for being there for me at the time, but I realized it doesn't work for everyone and that's okay. And I'm not, I'm neither an advocate nor, you know, an opponent of it. It's just, that was my story. And for a lot of people it is. And I say, if it's for you, then great. But um, for me, abstinence is the only way I don't really want to gamble with it. I don't want to experiment with it because I know what it was like back then. Very similar to some of the little bit that you already described. You know, I was getting the shots and one wasn't enough and, you know, a thousand Mm -hmm. was too many and that whole nine yards, you know, and stuff. So um, I think there are people that can drink normally. And I know that's controversial to some people out there. Uh, You know, what does alcohol do to your body, how the metabolism and how it breaks down in the body and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm not a scientist about all of that. I don't know. Um, There's probably more to be revealed that way. I think there's going to be more information and as science evolves and all that. Maybe I'll change my tune on that one day. But for right now, I think, you know, if you can drink normally, some people want to have a glass of wine with dinner and that's all they have great. And they're the person that leaves the second glass half full and they're done. You know, I don't get that, but Hey, you know, if that's you awesome, you know, but, uh, for some of us, you know, I, it just wasn't my story that way. And it sounds like it wasn't yours either. And, um, Tawny Lara right here, folks, rock star in recovery, Renaissance woman's Tawny Lara.com sobriety party.com. I want to talk about a couple of the things that you do, which you do a lot. And I know you got a new thing that's going to be launching soon in the form of a podcast. We'll get to that, but talk about readings on recovery. So you said you lived in New York city. You have your main website, sobriety party, where you write and stuff, but readings on recovery is something that's really been big for you and taken off. You bring together a bunch of people. What's that all about? Yeah. So readings on recovery is, it started as a one-time event and it's evolved into a quarterly reading series. It's a, a series where I curate a panel of New Yorkers, six New Yorkers to speak, share their story about being in recovery. And when I'm curating this panel, I prioritize the diversity in adversity So that means I make sure that there's someone up there representing eating disorders, sex addiction, gambling, substance abuse, Mm. trauma, uh, coming out stories. The goal in that is to show that we're all recovering from something, Mm -hmm. whether we identify as an addict or not. Do you think labels are important in, in recovery and sobriety? Is it is it important for someone to say, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic, or is it better that they don't? Or are you somewhere in the middle on that? I think that's personal for for each person. I I didn't start using the word addict until very recently, hmm. until the last couple months here. Why is that? It took, what? Me, a, it took me a while to get there. I uh, I think it's uh, perhaps it's semantics. I just, the thought of uh, saying that I'm, I was addicted to something didn't, just never spoke to me until, until recently, until recently learning more about my own addictions outside of alcohol and drugs, mm-hmm. learning about learning that I just have an addictive personality. And that really helped me understand and see the relationship that I have with alcohol, or I, I guess I had with alcohol, is so relevant with, with work addiction, you know, unhealthy relationships with sex and love and, and things like that, where I'm just like, oh, wow. So like, this stuff doesn't go away, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just because you quit drinking, the behaviors are still there. You're just not drinking anymore. So it's, it's you know, this onion, this layer of mm. you think, or I mean, I thought I had a good idea of who I was and why I was drinking. And then 
you know, the more therapy, the longer, the longer you're in recovery, the more you get to know. Definitely. You know, you really are. Yeah. And you, and you say that in this article here that I've commented on here, you talked about getting to know who you are, you know, now in sobriety or since you've been sober and ultimately what you were running from. And, you know, and I talk a lot about that as well, because I didn't know what I didn't know when I first went into recovery. I thought I was just going to quit drinking and, or try to at least, and then be doomed to a life of boredom and bad coffee and dingy basements <laughs> and grumpy old men and all that kind of stuff. And that I would just sort of eke by life, but heck it was better than being dead or in jail or, or whatever. What I didn't know, what I came to learn was the reasons why I was drinking in the first place to excess the way that I drank, the reasons why I was such discontented with so many things and how I was using alcohol as a substitute for other things. I always talk about drinking for me was a detour. It was a way around things instead of through them. And it was only until I learned how to go through the things that were ailing me. And and I can't just put that in past tense because even in sobriety today for me, you know, 15 years on, there's still things. We're people. It's life. We're humans. You know, I'm flawed. And, uh, but I can tell you this, uh, adding alcohol on top of already my personality, like, like you said, kind of an addictive personality only makes it worse. So for you, Tawny Lara, you said you're learning about who you are and ultimately what you were running from. What did that look like for you? What have you learned? And, and uh, what did you come to find out that you were actually running from that sobriety sort of made clear to you? Well, it's, you know, a lot of, depression and anxiety and a lot of a lot of it is insecurity Mm -hmm. i think that's really at the root of a lot of the the self-destructive behavior that that i i I guess i'm drawn to even in sobriety it's just it's there's still something so glamorous about self-destruction to me (laughs) and (laughs) that's good that's like the I joke that I have, like, the Guns N' Roses album, Appetite for Destruction. I joke that I have an appetite for self-destruction. Mm. You're a rock and roller. You like a lot of different music. That's another reason you and I connected. And uh, really quick here, your dad is also in long-term recovery. You've talked about that on your uh, on your websites and social media. And he's a, a heavy metal musician and stuff, right? Yes, he is, yeah. It sounds like you guys uh, have a great relationship, and he's an inspiration for you as well. He's fantastic, yeah. Um, I mean, all family dynamics or have their own drama but uh with both he and I being in recovery we're we're in such a good place where we have learned how to communicate how we feel instead of hold grudges or or just expect the other person to read our minds we've learned that that doesn't work and we have to actually say you know when you say this, I feel this. Right. And that that goes goes such a long way. What was the relationship like with you and your dad back when you were still actively drinking and using and all of that before you got sober? And your dad obviously has been sober for a number of years now. And he obviously, you know, was watching this as a lot of us that are parents, you know, if we have kids that are, you know, out there partying and doing their thing. Uh, what was his um, approach to you? How did you guys interact back then? Was he supportive? Did he let you just figure it out on your own? What was that like? Well, we've gone through like we've gone through these bouts of time where we talk and don't talk and talk and don't talk. And we so we're originally from the San Francisco Bay Area, and my mom and I relocated to Texas when I was eight. And dad stayed behind. He stayed in in California. So I would go back and forth and spend, you know, summers and Christmases with dad. And, but the majority of my time was in Texas. And then once I was really in, like, 
into my adult years, bartending, living that party girl scene. I mean, our relationship was long distance, so it was it was easy to. I'm not going to say easy to easy to hide that I had a problem because I didn't know that I had a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't actively trying to hide anything. But with him living in California and me living in Texas, it was just he didn't see it. It thanks. wasn't it wasn't as visible to him probably because of the geographic distance. Well, yeah, exactly. If we talk on the phone, obviously I'd make sure I wasn't wasted, and uh, <laughs> and then we would talk, and then that would that would be it. Well, that's really cool, though. I mean, you guys have that in common now, and uh, you can probably have different kinds of conversations today as a result of it. You're listening to Recovery Collective. I'm Tom Liu, your host, talking with Tawny Lara, a recovery warrior. Now, Tawny, I want to talk to you about a couple of other things here in the few minutes that we have left. you got such a, a wide variety of things that you do. Sobriety Party is your main website, S-O-B-R-I-E-T-E-A party.com, TawnyLara.com. Readings on Recovery are these events that you do in New York City, and they just look great. And next time I get to New York, I want to try to figure out a way to come to one of these, if you'll have me, and uh, join in, because they look like they're just fantastic events. You do such a good job with promoting all of these things that you do. But I also wanted to get this in. You've got a new podcast that's starting up. It sounds like at the time of this airing, it's going to be in September, so about a month or so from now, and you're going to be partnering up with Lisa Smith, author Lisa Smith, and you've got a new podcast coming out, which I think is really cool because I talk on this show, Recovery Collective, we say we're reimagining recovery and where recovery rocks. And I think that is the name of your new podcast. Tell us about that because I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so it's, it's called Recovery Rocks. Lisa and I come from opposite ends of the spectrum where it comes to recovery. So it's, we have some interesting conversations where, you know, she's a Gen X, went the traditional 12-step route. Uh, she's a lawyer, author, and I'm a millennial who didn't go the traditional support group route. I got sober online, out loud and proud, and um, an entrepreneur, writer, and we, I mean, we have a lot in common, one big thing being recovery, but also our shared love of rock and roll. So mm-hmm. our podcast is going to have, as you guys will see, it's, it's us talking about rock and roll and recovery and living in New York and life. That sounds great. I can't wait to I can't wait to hear that and uh, that's coming in September and that'll be that sounds great and I think it's really interesting that you paired up with someone you get different perspectives like you said Gen Xer went the traditional route talking about Lisa Smith and then yourself a millennial a little bit more of the non-traditional route although I don't know that I would call any of them I don't know traditional non-traditional whatever I think that's also semantics like you had pointed out yeah. earlier about some other stuff because I happen to be a Gen Xer I'm probably more the age of Lisa than, than you but I don't know I'm young at heart and I'm not saying she isn't but you know I just I kind of my view on recovery for me over 15 years it's evolved like life like you know, call it growing up you know we grow up you're not the same person at 18 as you are when you're 28 or 38 or 48 I can tell you all that with with certainty and I think we grow up in recovery too I think we change I mean I could talk to you in three to five years right now and you and I could probably have a, a slightly different conversation or maybe a significantly different conversation you know what I mean Yeah, absolutely. Lisa's so open-minded, too, where she talks about how, you know, if what's available now to get sober, if that was available, you know, 14 years ago when I was trying to quit drinking, who knows if I would have still gone the traditional 12-step route. Agreed. And, uh, you know, it's cool to have her perspective and mine on there because I learn a lot from her. 
We were talking about the 12, she made a reference to one of the steps the other day, and I was just like, wait, what? What is that? <laughs> and <laughs> sure. I, I love that we, we have a recovery podcast where someone's on there saying, wait, what? That's, I think <laughs> what that's, the 12 steps? yeah, that's great. That's a great dynamic, and I'm sure that's going to really add to the to it all together, and I can't wait to hear that, and uh, love to be on it sometime or be a part of that. I'm a rock and roller myself, and I come from the 12 steps, but host this show and do different things, and just a, a neat blend of stuff, and I've yet to meet Lisa, but look forward to doing that sometime. But back to you, Tawny Lara. You're writing a book right now yourself. Am I right on that? I think I read that on your stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can say I'm always writing a book. I'm just, <laughs> I, yeah, here and there, I'm putting chapters together. I'm waiting for a book deal. But, yeah, I'm just collecting thoughts and, and things that I, I don't discuss in the blog, stuff that I want to save for the book. I think that's awesome because you have such a talent for writing. I'm a fan of your writing, how you word things, your perspective on things, all the stuff that you do. Really quick here, two more things. What's alt sober? It's a word, it's a little <laughs> phrase that you kind of threw out there online, and I love it. Explain what that is really quick. Yeah, so alt sober came up in a, when I was chatting with a friend of mine, and I, that's just how I felt. That word felt like it made sense to describe this alternative sober scene in New York City where it's people that are sober or sober curious, these people that are just interested in hanging out without booze, whether they're, quote, sober or not, they're just these people that are so interested in the sober lifestyle. And we do things on our, on our own terms. A lot of these people aren't going, aren't going the 12-step route. They're just not drinking. It was rooted in uh, the history of Upright Citizens Brigade, Amy Poehler's comedy troupe. Mm-hmm. She referred to her brand of comedy as alt-comedy. And she's a big inspiration to me. And I, I don't know, when I was chatting with my friend, it just alt sober made sense. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. And it's kind of it's kind of hip, it's kind of current, it's trendy, but I think it also has a lot of meanings you can attach to it. And when we're talking about different paths to recovery, like you just described, and how different things can work for different people, you know, that was one of the reasons why, again, my critique of the 12-step thing, at least, you know, from my experience, was it could be very exclusionary at times. And that's just the facts. And I know there's a lot of, you know, 12-step proponents out there who uh, who will argue that and maybe listening right now and take issue with that. And I welcome the feedback, you know, and we can talk about it. We can debate it because I come at it from I was there uh, and I saw it. And again, I'm not a I'm not combating it. I'm just saying, you know, I don't think we can or should exclude anyone in this world of recovery and sobriety because it's just there's too much at stake. Right. There, there's too much. I, I don't want to shut somebody out over here because they're, quote, doing it wrong. What the heck is doing it wrong mean? Right. Well, exactly, and it's, I, I think it's such a beautiful time to be sober or to be curious about it because there's so many options. For decades, AA was the only option yep. that are at least the most popular. Now there's tons of different support group options. There's so many nonprofits that are geared towards sober activities. There's just there's a, a lot online. It's really exciting right now. It really is. And, you know, for me, you know, back in 2002, all I knew was AA. That was the only option that I knew of at the time. It doesn't mean there weren't other things back then, but they certainly weren't as visible as they are today. You know, we had the internet then, but we didn't have social media then. And it was, it was just different. All I knew was to literally get out the phone book, which is what I did and looked up AA one night 
uh, at three in the morning and uh, found an 800 number, you know, and that's all I knew to do. There wasn't hip sobriety and there wasn't Tawny Lara and sobriety, yeah. sobriety party and there wasn't Lisa Smith and there, and there wasn't, you know, Wesley Gear and there wasn't Annie Grace and all these people. There wasn't any of that then, at least not out there where I could see. And so I went that route. And again, I'm grateful that I did because it gave me a place to go and it gave me a support group and it got me started. And I, don't, I wouldn't be here talking to you today if it wasn't for that. And so I'm grateful for it, but there are other options today. And that's my message here on Recovery Collective. Last question for you, Tani Lara, before I let you go, just final word here. Someone's listening right now. They're still struggling with whatever, however. What do you say to them? What's your, uh, what's your parting words to someone out there still struggling from where you're at today in your journey with sobriety and recovery? That's a great question. I, I would honestly love to circle back to one of the first questions that you asked me was about um, questioning, comparing relationships to others, comparing your relationship to alcohol to someone else's. If you're struggling, you know on some level that something needs to change. And you can only change that in a way that's unique to you. It doesn't matter what I do, what, what Tom's doing, what Lisa's doing. It doesn't matter what works for us. You've got to find what works for you. And I can only encourage therapy, support groups, something. I appreciate that. And that's great advice. And I echo that all the way around. It's Tawny Lara, TawnyLara.com. It's at Tawny M. Lara out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then your main website, SobrietyParty.com. Readings on recovery, bunch of stuff coming up that way. And the new podcast that's coming up, going to be launched with Lisa Smith in September, which is called Recovery Rocks. Can't wait to hear that. Tawny Lara, thank you so much for joining me on Recovery Collective here sharing just a small part of your story and all the great stuff you have going on. I encourage everyone listening to go out and follow you on social media. Check out all the cool stuff you're doing. You're a wealth of information and truly an inspiration. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Tom. You got it. All right. There she goes. It's Tawny Lara. Check her out online. I'm Tom Liu. You're listening to Recovery Collective. We'll be right back with a few final thoughts. Don't go away. We'll be right back to Recovery Collective with Tom Liu. Get involved in the conversation with questions or comments by calling us toll-free at 866-826-1340. This portion of the show is brought to you by Skincare Keys. Rocking and rolling with the number one skincare brand in North America. To unlock your life-changing skincare, Contact Bobby at SkincareKeys at gmail.com or visit us at SkincareKeys.com to find out how you can get involved in this exploding business. We're back to Recovery Collective with Tom Liu. Get involved in the conversation with questions or comments by calling us toll-free at 866-826-1340. Here's Tom. All right, and welcome back to Recovery Collective. I'm Tom Liu. Thanks for joining me. This is episode number four. We are out online, by the way, recoverycollective.net. And I want to encourage you, if you're an Instagrammer, head on out to recovery underscore collective on Instagram. This show is where we bring together and connect a collective of creatives, experts, advocates, movers and shifters, and you, our listeners, who dare to get up, stand up, and get down to the business at hand, which is a lend a helping hand to those still struggling with self-defeating behaviors. And just like my guests that we just had there, if you missed any 
of that interview with Tawny M. Lara. I encourage you to head on out to TawnyLara.com, SobrietyParty.com, and check out all that she's got going on. She's just doing a number of really cool things, brand new podcasts coming up and other things that she's going to be doing with Lisa Smith. If you're a person that's in the recovery world yourself, maybe you're in recovery, you're listening right now. Maybe you're someone who's considering recovery. Maybe you know someone who is in recovery or perhaps should be or needs to be in your estimation. I want to say right now, you know, I'm not in the diagnosis business. I'm not a doctor. I don't believe any of us should diagnose another person. I think deep down in our heart of hearts, we all know what's going on with us and uh, when and if we need to maybe do something different in our life to pursue that better version of ourselves and who we are. But I, I think it's a personal thing, but I think where we owe it to ourselves, a responsible thing to do is to take in new information and explore other options. Find people out there that Tell your story. Find people out there that you relate to. You like what they say, how they say it, what they're doing. Maybe you see some similarities in their story, in your story. There might be differences, and oftentimes there are. But when I first went into a 12-step group myself over 15 years ago now, I heard more similarities than I heard differences. And I clung to those. They said, look for the similarities, not the differences. And what I didn't know, I didn't know. And I learned over time. And what I learned was this. I learned why I was using and abusing drugs and alcohol so much in the first place. And I learned a different way to live that's better than the way I was living before. That's better than the way I thought it could be. And that's the big key difference there. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that, and most people that go through recovery and get any kind of long-term sobriety going, they all echo the same thing. I've yet to have a person say, oh, no, recovery and sobriety is exactly like I thought it was. I haven't heard anyone say that. It's always, it's not what I thought. It's different. It's not always easy, but it's different, and it's better than it was, and in many cases, a lot better. The freedom and the new lifestyle that is exposed to you, that you get is something that you just can't take someone else's word for it. Not mine, not anyone's. You got to go out and look at it for yourself. But a lot of people think that it's a dead end, that they're done, that they can't change. They can't go down this new road, that this is the only way it can be for them because this is the only way that it's ever been. And I'm just here to tell you, and I just want to be a voice, that there is another way. There are other ways. And today, with the Internet, this is one of the most beautiful things about technology and the Internet is that there's so much information out there. As I was talking with my previous guest, Tawny, a few minutes ago, there's so much more out there than there used to be. And that's the beauty of the program, that there are options. And I believe there is a flavor for everyone. It's not a one-size-fits-all. And so if you're a person out there struggling or you know someone who's struggling, encourage them to tune in to the Recovery Collective Show every single Wednesday here on the Tan Talk Radio Network, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, or tune in on the TuneIn Radio app. It's a stream, and you can listen to the show live anywhere you are in the world. Connect with me out on Facebook, facebook.com slash TomLou2. That's my business page. Shoot me an email as well with questions, comments, ideas for the show, Tom at recoverycollective.net Tom at recoverycollective.net All right, I conclude each show here on the Recovery Collective show with what I call a sobriety spotlight shout out. And speaking of that email I just mentioned there, Tom at recoverycollective.net I've been getting emails from folks who are giving me their who, what, when and why message. Who, what, when and why for the closing sobriety spotlight shout out. These are people that are sending me their information. Just short little thoughts of the day, little encouragement from real people with real messages out there and here's this week's right here this one's from 
Amanda V. Amanda's from all the way out in Sacramento, California, the other side of the country here from us right now. And her AVDC, by the way, the addiction vices, devices, distractions, or compulsions, as I call them, her AVDCs were this. She says, I struggled with eating disorders and alcohol abuse for many, many years. She says, I've been sober since May 2009. And here's her why message. Three to five sentences I'm asking for, for those still struggling. What's your message to someone who's still struggling out there? Just like I asked Tawny. Says Amanda, recovery has shown me more than just how to overcome my addictions. It's shown me that so many things that I previously thought weren't possible actually are. Recovery, she says, is really a metaphor for life. Limitations that I had on myself then are no longer limitations today. And while she says it's not easy, there are still things, but it's so much better than it was. And thank you, Tom, for the show and for this platform to let our voices be heard. So there you go. That's Amanda with the Sobriety Spotlight shout out. Thank you, Amanda, for that information. If you or someone you know has a message of that sort that you want to get out there, I'm glad to read it on the air here on the Recovery Collective Show here on the Tantalk Radio Network every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern. Send me an email, tom at recoverycollective.net. You can just have your first name, last initial. If you want to remain completely anonymous, that's okay too. But your who, what you struggled with, when you've been sober, since. It doesn't have to be a long time. It could be a week. That's okay. I want to hear from everyone. And then your why message. What's your message to those listening? I appreciate that. Tom at recoverycollective.net. Out on the internet, speaking of that, as we wrap up the show here, you head out to recoverycollective.net. Our past podcasts are out there. I appreciate you listening to Recovery Collective each and every week. Pick up some swag. We got a merchandise store out there. All kinds of good stuff. Thanks to my guest, Tony Lara. I'm Tom Liu. We will be back next week here on the Recovery Collective show. Stay tuned in. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia.